Welcome back to Lay of the Land. Today is going to be very, very special. I have a very special guest here. Uh, thank you for your time, Victoria Hill. Uh, man, this this should be very, very impactful. Um, and I know the viewers, the, the consultants, the audiences, and whoever is listening, make sure that you share this, you like, and subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to mess out on today's episode. So today, uh, Victoria is going to give us pretty much some game, some some insight on, you know, uh, trends that's happening in the work culture space. Um, you know, she she has plenty of experience with uh, leadership uh, from a DE and I perspective, and she's going to give us the lay of the land. So welcome to the show. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited. Yes. So let's hop right into it. So the first question is, you know, I, this is not on the show notes or whatever, but how did you get into your position? Oh, well, I started off and I can go way back to childhood, but I'll fast forward it to more recently. I've been in human resources for probably 15 plus years. And then back in 2018, um, I started a diversity and inclusion committee at Advanced Group. And from there, I've learned and studied and been mentored. And that's how really I became fully into my position, which right now is Director of Diversity and Social Impact. So little steps along the way have led me here. But it started off with human resources. I feel like in that position, um, you have to have a heart, right? Like to have that position that you have and you have to see the bigger picture, right? Like you said, you had a lot of mentors. You had a lot of things all, along the way that helped you get to this point in your career. But yeah, let's go a little bit back. Like, were you always this person that was caring, like impactful, a, a leader? Let's go back a little bit. Yeah, you know, I've always had a passion and I think it started with a passion for young girls and helping them to like achieve their dreams and goals and helping them to be successful. I've always been like a mentor, a coach to young girls. And so that's always been a passion of mine to help people. And I think that being, um, you know, who I am. I have a lot of lived experience. So I think, you know, doing this DEI journey is like natural for me. But yes, it started off with like the caring, the passion, you know, wanting to really help others and making sure other people feel included. Because I've always been one to kind of sit back and be that introvert. And I want others to feel like they're included and they have a voice and they can speak up. And so in this position, I'm able to do that. I love it. And they say introverts, side note, are, are, are the best leaders anyway. They say introverts because they sit back and they watch and they observe everything and they're able mm -hmm. to, you know, analyze <laughs> and plan out uh, different ways to uh, impact uh, the group. So. Um, what are some from a, from a macro standpoint, right? Like, what are you seeing in, in the market right now? Is this DE&I, you know, is it trendy? Is, is this here to stay? I know the last couple of years has been, 
you know, as a country or as, you know, globally has affected us, right? So uh, what are some of the trends and, and things that companies are doing to help with the diversity and culture? Yeah, well, it's definitely here to stay. So um, anyone who doesn't want it, it's here. It's here and it's moving forward and there's nothing we can do to stop it. And believe it or, lot, believe it or not, a lot of companies haven't really fully embraced, you know, diversity trainings and what's happening in the world and the market, you know, they're maybe turning a blind eye or really don't know where to begin. So, or some are doing just like unconscious bias trainings, which, you know, everyone hears that, that we're unconscious bias. And so, but from a leadership perspective, I think companies really need to adopt the trainings and make sure the end result is inclusion and belonging. So they can call it whatever they want. We do a training at advanced group called Conscious Inclusion, which takes that unconscious bias to the next step. So looking at unconscious bias, of course, but then not staying there, you know, finding out how we can be more consciously inclusive. And so whatever the training is called, the desired results are inclusion and belonging. And so, you know, the training has to be implemented with all audiences and the goal or the end result would be making people feel empowered or really inspired to do something, like take that next step. So don't just train to, to talk to an audience, right? Actually have some follow-up action items afterwards. And let me tell you, I've been a part you know, of those trainings and they're very, very impactful, especially we've been in this uh, remote world, right? So it's just like, how do we engage with our, our company's culture? And I know that Advantage Group as a whole, that you, you know, you spearheading everything uh, is great. I feel engaged, I feel included. Um, you know, the other day I was working out and I'm like, I still gotta, I still gotta tap in. I still gotta go get it in, like what's <laughs> yes. going on? Just, just so I know the pulse of the company's culture. So I love that what you guys are doing. So like you said, some companies are, you know, they're turning a blind eye. Some some companies are um, adapting. So are you seeing like with other leaders and or, you know, in different companies doing the same thing? And are you able to, so to speak, uh, you know, uh, grow together and iron sharp, sharpen iron type of thing? Definitely, definitely. Iron sharpens iron. You know, we in, in this DEI space, you know, we all are, are the leaders are, are trying to just make a difference. And so we lean on each other. Like I said earlier, I have several mentors and it's not where we like hoard what we're we're doing. We share it. Right. So we help other leaders because, again, the end goal is creating a more inclusive culture at work, but also a more inclusive world. And so that's why we lean on each other. We I train for other organizations outside of our organization. Because, again, it only helps people get better, you know, and grow. And so we don't keep it all in-house and say, this training is just for advanced group. No, we share it. We share it with other leaders, other um, partners of ours, clients. So, you know, we definitely sharpen each other in this space. And I definitely want to give you uh, praise uh, because that's how you know when you have a true leader when they're doing it outside of companies like time and, you know, like when you're really uh, uh, just about it. So 
that praise to you for that, uh, for sure. Um, but what are you seeing as far as like the, the positive effects of, you know, the diversity training? Yeah, there are positive effects if it's done right, right? Trainings really help set the tone for the company culture, but it shouldn't just end with trainings, you know? And I think there's several goals with these diversity trainings, you know, we want to ensure that staff understands that our company or your company, you know, stands firm with DE&I and that, you know, taking these steps to bring awareness to all staff is an important thing for your organization. And there's also like a compliance and legal aspect to these trainings. So you want to include that. Um, another goal would be, you know, create follow up you know, action items after the training. And the action items can show up differently for everyone. You know, one action item could be that someone hears the training and then takes it home, right? And and teaches their children, right? Bringing up the next generation to understand diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging. And so that's helping to create a more inclusive world, you know, changing mindsets. And so it just looks, that action looks different for everyone. You know, or within the company, if leaders are hearing this training, they can change the way they think about hiring or recruiting or promotion practices. So I truly believe that people are generally good, right, and want to do the right thing. It's just sometimes they don't know where to begin. So training helps to kind of jumpstart that process. I love what you said about just taking, you know, the actionable steps home to the family because it's, it's, it's a, you know, snowball effect, right? Like it starts with us as, as parents and leaders in our homes. And then our kids, we're having those conversations at dinner, at lunch, or just on a weekend, you know, and being mindful of it. So to your point, I think it does impact the world in a big way, little by little, yes. you know, we'll get there eventually. So are you seeing a, a demand, you know, just like in the industry, like for, for this, like, I know we mentioned, Initially, I was like, is this trendy? But is this a, a demand? Are companies really putting their foot down and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to change this company's culture and we're going to be progressive, we're going to be inclusive, and we want you know, mm -hmm. the best? Because from my perspective, what I'm seeing is company, company culture is a big um, you know, uh, buying point for the, the, the candidate, right? They want to know, like, mm -hmm. hey, how's the culture over there? What do they have? Those are some of the questions that we get. It's not, yeah, salary is cool. Benefits is cool. But is the, how is the company culture? Yes, yes. Candidates are definitely demanding that. You know, they, they want companies that have that people first mindset. And that's how like the brightest out there are deciding where they want to bring their talent and their abilities. And the way people learn about the company culture is websites. Right. That's the first thing people look at. If I was looking for a job, I would look at your website and say, OK, do I see someone that looks like me? Do I mm -hmm. see representation around all cultures, all thoughts, all people, all demographics? So that's the first place that people are looking at, you know, who you are. What are they seeing on your site? What is the message that you're portraying about your company culture? And also like an interview. You know, when the candidate is interviewing, they hear about your culture right there. So we have to make sure, you know, as on the company side, that we're intentional about 
sharing our company culture, sharing what we're doing to put our people first and, and what that really looks like, giving examples of things we're doing. So not just talking about it, showing it. And a lot of times, you know, in interviews, people talk a good game, right? But when they go and look at your website, they say, wait a minute, you said you were a diverse organization, but we don't see it on your website. So are you saying something and doing something different? So that that's truly important. You know, candidates are really demanding that culture, people first mindset. And I'll say, too, um, that one of my buy ins was Matt Crook. Right. Like his, um, yeah. you know, he, he's written. A, he's in the trenches, so to speak, like he's in, you know, every pretty much every meeting. He's on the board. He's writing blogs. He's having these conversations. So prior to me, you know, interviewing and going through my process, I looked him up. I looked, you know, what he's about and the blog, the, the article that he's written. And I was like, okay, this is the type of environment that I want to be at because I'll feel included, empowered. And that's why I was just like, honey, this is it. You know, and I, I told my wife that. So, mm -hmm. and she, she bought in too. And here we are today and I'm extremely happy, um, you know, uh, healthy mentally, you know, physically, and I'm happy to be yes. uh, productive, you know, so I'll say it works. So if you have a good company culture and a good, you know, uh, leader like, like yourself, you'll be in good hands. Um, so yeah, shout out to Matt. So, yes. so, so companies that don't have the framework, they don't have the framework. They don't know where to start. How should companies go about implementing uh, a DE&I program? Well, I like to say, just do it. Like Nike used to say, or still say, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's so many answers for that question, depending on like the company, the industry, so forth. But my first thought would be sit down and talk to me or another, you know, industry expert in this DEI space. And then we can talk about your company's vision. You know, what you're, what you're looking to do. What is your mission? You know, and then we can start by gaining that buy-in from senior leaders, from the CEO, presidents, senior leaders. And how do we do that? Get that buy-in? It's really speaking their language. And what is their language? Like profit, right? Or engagement or productivity, you know, data. That's right. their language. That's their sweet spot. So then showing, you know, and aligning that with, now, what is that DEI strategy? You know, how can you gain more profit? How can you get more engagement out of your staff? How can you get more productivity out of your staff so that your company can grow? And what does that data look like? Then you can start building out your strategy. So first step, talk to me. Hey, so shout out. So if you guys are listening on Apple, Spotify, or watching <laughs> on YouTube, Make sure that you guys hit up Victoria. You can find her on LinkedIn, Victoria Hill, and we'll give a shout out at the end for sure so they can uh, reach out. Um, what, what's some type of uh, hurdles that you have to overcome, you know, on your journey, like building out this, this uh, great culture that you've built? What are some of the things you have to overcome? Yeah, there, there's a few I could mention, but for sake of time, I'll just talk <laughs> about one of my hurdles. I've had to overcome is really understanding that everyone is not going to accept all of what I'm introducing around DEI. But I've learned to just stick with it. Um, don't give up. 
keep trying. Don't they take things uh, too personal, you know, and, and understanding that diversity of thought is a real thing, right? Everyone thinks differently. And that's a great thing because you can accomplish more with diverse opinions. So that helps you really grow your story when you have, you know, diversity or differences or different thoughts around the table. So I've learned to just keep going and eventually you'll hit everyone because I always say diversity is all, you know, all people fall into that diversity. So it's not just this group or that group or one over the other. Everyone is diverse in some aspects. So, you know, just making sure that everyone feels like whatever diversity they bring to the table, it's going to be heard and included. So that hurdle is just, you know, sticking with it, overcoming that not everyone's going to be on your side right away. Yeah. And I know that can be tough at times, right? Like we want mm-hmm. everybody to, you know, uh, join the fight and, and, and what, you know, we're trying to accomplish, but you know, that's, that's the lay of the land, you know, pun intended. Um, but, uh, what, what, uh, what type of trends, um, are you seeing as far as a, a, a candidate's uh, perspective? Like, you know, I know we mentioned about like companies culture is, is, is high on their priority as far as like taking a position, mm-hmm. but are you seeing anything mm-hmm. else uh, from a, a candidate's perspective? Yeah, I think candidates want to see that, you know, your DEI trainings are really challenging the status quo. So having more meaningful conversations that result in change, right? So they want to see that. Um, They want to see company leaders are fully embracing DEI. And how can candidates see that? You know, they're not within your organization, but I think showing it on social channels, like Your podcast is one way of showing that, you know, we really believe in this DEI message um, on your websites, et cetera. You know, Um, healthcare plans, you know, they're starting to be more inclusive with wellness benefits and social media is huge, huge, huge. So LinkedIn and, and other channels showing more diverse opinions, more representation, like you said, when you came into Wonderland, like you saw your leader on LinkedIn, podcasts, different things. So, you know, candidates are really looking at that. So companies need to consider really making sure that message comes across in everything that we do. Absolutely. I agree with you. Like, it's just that progressive mindset. We know that social media in general, just not even LinkedIn, just different uh, platforms like, like yes. you know, it's very, very impactful because we consume information in abundance, like, you know, driving, like I'm working out, I'm listening to a podcast, right? I'm, I'm doing different audiobooks. I'm doing things different. So I, I don't mm-hmm. sit in front of, and there's no shade, no knock against people that sit in front of a conventional TV and watch news. <laughs> I just yes. don't subscribe to that because that just not, that's not my lifestyle. I'd rather get information that I need for me on a podcast, on some type of YouTube video, uh, and social media, right? And certain outlets. So uh, that's very, very important. Uh, And just to kind of like land the plane, uh, can you give some tips um, on what employers should incorporate during the interview uh, process? Yeah. One thing I always believe is having diverse interview panels, you know, 
people like to see people who look like them or have similar experiences, you know, when they're interviewing. And so if it's possible, it's not always possible, but have, you know, different races or ethnicity or genders, age, you know, LGBTQ, et cetera, on the interview panel. So you can have diverse perspectives talking mm -hmm. about your organization. I know it's not always practical to have many people on an interview panel and, you know, that's just the reality. But if you don't, have someone who can speak to your culture. Have someone who can speak about what you're doing to really make sure everybody feels like their voices will be heard if they join your organization. And then, you know, share the philosophy. If you have a DEI statement, that should be shared in interviews. You know, it's really important that we bring that message right away, you know, so we can get the best and the brightest candidates who are looking for companies that are truly, truly believing that they're making a change. I love that so much. Uh, and as we're, we're bringing it to an end right now, any last words, anything that you wanted to plug, uh, feel free to do that right now. Yeah, I guess the only thing I would say is, you know, change can start with one person. So my favorite quote, I always share this, like if I'm in trainings or wherever, is be the change you wish to see in this world. So that means that everyone has a chance to create positive change. And, and that's what I want to leave with. You know, change can just start with one person. Well, wow. So impactful. Well, there you have it. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, or listening to it on Spotify or Apple, please hit the like button, subscribe, leave a comment below, and also leave us a five-star rating to let Victoria and myself know how you like this episode. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show, and I look forward to more conversations like this. Definitely. Thank you.